We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. And welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Petco Park's been uh, been uh, shut down in terms of the vaccines because of the storm. Who could who could have predicted this? Just the January is the is the month that, that every year our rainiest month of the year, and we got all kinds of places with roofs over it. But no, we finally gonna we finally gonna set up some vaccinations we've been promising to people. We finally gonna decide to make it be available to the people who most need it. 65 and over, and then we're going to put it in a place, the worst place in San Diego County, and make it available. The place ain't got a roof on it. Oh, okay. And yet, anybody expected any better in terms of government? Even if this wasn't a Democrat, name one department of the United States government that operates efficiently, productively, and not wastefully. You can't give me one, including the Department of Defense which used to be pretty much our, our most highly functioning department. Lots of buyer's remorse today over what Biden has done in his first few days in office. And you know what? I'm finding it really hard. My heart does ache for those hard hats working on the Keystone Pipeline. Many people today, of course, my heart aches for anybody that's, that's going to suffer. That's now going to be one of the many people in lines for the food bank. But also at the same time, I get angry. Because there should be nothing that's going on with the Biden administration right now that should be a surprise to you. Oh, he, he said he wasn't going to end fracking. You believed him? He said he wasn't going to raise taxes on the middle class. You believed him? What in the world? Were you not paying attention? Where were you for eight years of the Obama administration? Where have you been? Oh, you believed what Rachel Maddow told you on MSNB, MSNB what is it? MSNB hee-haw, is that what Larry Elder calls it? My favorite thing that he says. <laughs> Glad to have you with me tonight. 888-344-1170. If you want to weigh in, that voice you heard is my partner here every night of the week. It's DJ Potato Skins. We have a gentleman. Tremendous things are happening. We built the greatest economy in history, the best jobs, the best. DJ Potato you heard it there from the office of the former president of the United States. Built the greatest economy this yeah. world has ever seen. And by just one fail swoop of a fraudulent election, therefore, there I said it, it's been flushed completely down the toilet. Yeah. And we told you so. Yeah. Greatest economic recovery in American history and continued during the during the coronavirus, oh, the only reason why we are not all right now scrounging for food is because President Trump 
had the foundations for the strongest economy in the history of the world in place at the point in which the coronavirus happened. Lowest unemployment rate in the history of our country for minorities, African-Americans. Basically, all you need to know is this. Everything that made us the greatest economic recovery, the return of the manufacturing jobs and and everything everything that happened, you all know. Um, everything that was involved in that, the opposite is what Joe Biden is doing. You tell me why you voted for it. I would love to hear from a Democrat tonight. First of all, I think it goes without saying that 80 million Americans didn't vote for this. A Gateway Pundit reported today that many of the followers on his Twitter account are, were, um, are bots that were, and we saw the same thing that happened, I think, at one point with, with Michelle Obama. <clears throat> you know, it's funny, Andrea, I talked to a lot of people, especially after the election, and they and they say, you know what, I don't personally like Trump, but he, you cannot deny, this is them telling me, uh, you cannot deny what this man has done for the country. And, they, and, the, and the people were so shocked that after the Billy Bush tape in 2016 that he still got elected, and the message to both parties should have been then, we don't care. We are we are sick and tired of smooth talking, slick talking, politispeak that, you know, is so flowery or so politically correct on the campaign trail. And you're promising the world and then you deliver New Jersey. We will take a rough talking dude that talks like men talk in a, in a locker room together who's actually from the business community and who's actually going to help the average American because it, you know, the message should be. And this is why, you know, people were saying, I don't I may not like Trump, but I want him in the, in the, the Trump presidency. was straight up. I, I, I did a TV interview one time where I said he was not only he was not elected in in um, despite his rough talking in his tweets. He was elected because of it, because he was honest. He was authentic. So when he said, I'm going to do A, B, C and D, they felt like, OK, you know what? I've been lied to. Oh, shoot. I've been lied to uh, like crazy from both parties. I might as well try this dude who comes across as authentic and genuine. And you know what he was. And he was so authentic and genuine. That's why both parties had to try to take him out. So President Trump, I've said many times, there's updates on the impeachment. It is going forward. Rand Paul. There's no way it should be going forward. No way it should be going forward. And when you listen to the Republicans and their explanations, 45 out of 50 joined Rand Paul in his resolution to end the impeachment. Five joined him. You, you can guess which ones it is. You know, they, you know, Romney, Sass, all the usual suspects. Um, but but it's not good enough to me that 45 joined Rand Paul, because when you hear any audio bites of Marco Rubio and other people for saying they don't think impeachment should go forward, it's never that Trump is innocent. It's that it's stupid or he's not in office anymore and it's unconstitutional. Yeah, but on top of that, the man did not incite an insurrection. First of all, it wasn't an insurrection. And even if it was, he didn't incite it. And even if it was an insurrection, you bozos didn't go and impeach anybody in retroactively because of Black Lives Matter. Because you know what? Black Lives Matter was burning this country down for seven years. And who brought him to the White House? Barack Obama. Who perpetrated the lie on the American people? Hands up, don't shoot. Barack Obama. So where, why aren't the Republicans saying today this is crap? Trump is not responsible for it. Only Rand Paul is pointing out the fact that if Trump is responsible for the supposed violence, and by the way, the only actual violence that occurred at the Capitol Hill was an unarmed innocent Air Force um, retiree veteran who was shot Uh, by the cops who admitted today that they knew that violence was coming and they didn't do enough to stop it. But if President Trump is responsible for it, then that means Bernie Sanders is responsible for Steve Scalise being gunned down on a ball field. Where's the Republican Party? You cannot. 
continue think that you're going to continue to have the support of the voters when you were when you were operating as though it's 1982 as the Republicans and the Democrat Party is destroying our country and you're doing nothing to stop it. I am fed up. Okay, I'm trying to think about what I'm going to say to a Republican Party I'm meeting with tomorrow because I love them so much. They are such good people. I've spoken to so many Republican groups in San Diego County. And let me tell you, this is they're the salt of the earth. They're fighters. They're they're MAGA. You know, they love this country. They love what it was founded on. They want to preserve it. And I think for that reason, you have to tell them the truth. I got to I got to I got to I got to go tomorrow and serve some vegetables. I can't go tomorrow loaded up with donuts. You know, I wish I could. I wish I could go tomorrow and say that we're celebrating a, a, a reelection that was rightfully won. That was not stolen from him, that was uh, that allows him to continue to move the MAGA movement forward. Uh, I've got to be honest and say that didn't happen because of the Republican Party. And there's some there's some reports coming out. Has Trump disavowed a third party or not? We're going to get into that in a little bit. But the impeachment will go forward. It's absolutely. And, and part of the problem I have with the Republicans is that they never see. They never ask the second and third level questions. They never look to see down the road. It's it's never what they initially pretend that they're that they're battling about. It's there's always an end game that's far down the road and the Republicans are never in the game, let alone fighting it. Right. Um, If they're allowed to impeach Trump, who's not no longer a citizen, then they're they're not going to end there. Where else? Where else does it end? Here is I'm seeing Marsha Blackburn in an interview today. Marsha Blackburn, who based upon the Capitol riots, went and pulled out a carefully crafted speech that maybe was impromptu. Maybe it wasn't typed up in advance of what happened at the Capitol. What did she say? I didn't hear it. She, 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 she was one of the Republicans that said that she was going to contest the Electoral College until she saw what happened at the Capitol. Total weasel. Total, total crap weasel. Sorry for my language. No, but a lot of them have used that as an excuse to not do the right thing. Right. So then she comes on today acting. She's on an interview today acting like, well, look what we've got to celebrate today. Look what Mitch McConnell did for us today. He negotiated the, the sharing of power today to end uh, to to end to allow the filibuster to stand, which means it takes 60 senators to pass uh, to uh, vote yes to pass legislation. She's actually acting like she's accomplished something. I'm sitting there thinking, lady, are you not aware that he that Biden has now signed about 925 executive orders since he took office? Not only is Congress, not only are the voters irrelevant at this point, because we got to talk about H.R. 1 uh, for the People Act coming up a little bit later on the show. But maybe you don't get it, lady. You're kind of irrelevant. Your your com- Congress is completely irrelevant at this point. They don't need you. They're gonna they're gonna have a few bills passed along the way to you know to, to basically make people think that that he's not a dictator. I, I'm old enough to remember the hashtag we toppled a dictator from a couple of weeks ago. Here's your dictator. Almost forty executive orders that have been signed by Biden, and every one of them crushes the working class, crushes minorities. We're going to get into some of the details a little bit later. First, we're going to take a break. We'd love to hear from you. 888-344-1170. Come on back. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. A-K, Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show Motormouth. 
That was that was one of my most popular nicknames that people called me when I was a kid. Anybody who knew me in my childhood is not surprised at all that I have a radio show. I was called Mr. Chatterbox. <laughs> See, that's why we're together. Um, the big debate, you know, something I'm, I'm going to be speaking tomorrow at a Republican club here in San Diego. And I was saying at the open of the show how much I love my local Republicans here. Um, but we got to have a real we got to have a real serious heart to heart, you know, about what we're going to do going forward. Um, because, you know, this is this is um, when when 75 million voters feel as though their their votes have been stolen from them. And then you see uh, that there's not only doesn't sure sure didn't look like the Republican Party in Georgia did anything to stop it. Uh, what was in place in November was in place in January. And, you know, it's like, well, wh- what are we going to do? Do we stick with the Republican Party that, you know, allowed our votes to be stolen, not just in Georgia, but across the country? And as you and I have talked about, but how long have we done that for? Yeah. How long? long have we done that for? We do. We launch a third party, realizing that both that uh, the Republicans and the Democrats uh, were smart enough to craft a lot of uh, rules and regs that make it really hard to do a third party uh, launch. Um, but this time might be different. Joining me now to discuss this is Dr. Steve Turley. He's a scholar, author, written a bunch of books. He's a YouTuber for now. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> for now, um, you check out his site, TurleyTalks.com. And Turley is spelled T-U-R-L-E-Y, TurleyTalks.com. He's got a book out that I'm curious to pick his brain on for at least a couple of minutes here called The Return to Christendom. And he joins me now. Hello, Dr. Turley. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, I've been, you know, going back and forth over this third party versus Republican Party thing actually for quite a few years. I started wondering and started asking this question back during the George W. Bush administration because I felt like, you know, many people don't remember that he actually at one point of his presidency had both houses of Congress. Right. And, you know, and then it became really clear to me that he campaigned like a conservative and governed like a Democrat and his compassionate conservatism was really uh, liberalism in disguise. And I was starting to pose the question then, what's the definition of a win? And now it's clear to me that a win for the Republican Party is just amassing a number of seats with an R after the name versus us. We voters, Dr. Turley, we think a win means y'all could actually implement some policy that's going to advance conservatism and roll back Marxism. And that ain't happening. So what do we do? That's right. That's right. Yeah, well, our frustration, a way of thinking about it, is scholars make a distinction between uh, a populist right party and a populist light party. And unfortunately, I thought as of 2016, we had officially become a populist right party where the politics of the people, the values, the concerns, the interests of the people were going to be represented fairly and uh, vociferously in Washington, D.C. And certainly President Trump uh, delivered in spades on that. Well, I guess as long as you had the deplorable base and President Trump of the White House, we're kind of like, you know, the two bread, a piece of bread of the sandwich, kind of squeezing the establishment rhinos to, to kind of go along with the program. Unfortunately, uh, we are not so much a nationalist populist right party as we are a populist light mm. party, which means we have deplorables as the grassroots, they're the energy and so forth, you know, 75 million, 80 million voters strong, but uh, we have a rhino establishment mm-hmm. political class leading us and we, we, we see what happens when they smell a little bit of uh, blood on our leader there mm-hmm. uh, they turn around and, and they go full shark on him 
So this is the frustration. The frustration is, do we stick with a populist light party and try to primary all the rhinos we can out of that position of leadership? Or do we just start afresh and go with a full populist right party where you have deplorables all the way up from the grassroots up through the leadership? That's the fundamental question I think that's facing us. Well, and and it's a tough answer because I've got many really strong conservative friends of mine who were saying that it's a it's a grift to even suggest a third party. They point out to Ross Perot. They point out Bloomberg at one point started it. And I'm like, well, hey, wait a second. Um, Ross, neither Ross Perot nor Michael Bloomberg had a movement behind them. They did not. Uh-huh. They did not. They, they didn't have 75 million voters. They didn't have got billions it. of dollars at their disposal. They did not have actually four years as a president in office with a record of success that they could that they could claim and and successfully also f- make a fact based argument that they could have actually gotten the full agenda passed, but for the Republicans and not just. And what many people need to understand as well, Doctor Turley, is that we don't just have an issue with the McConnells and the McCarthy's and all and the Romney's. That's what so many voters seem to think is the real issue. No, it's the Ron and McDaniels. It's these consultants behind the scenes. Right, it's these right. people. It's these people with these packs out there raising money, like raising two hundred million dollars to supposedly fight fraud. They only spent four million. It went to the law firm, from what I understand, that bailed on Trump out of Pennsylvania. Where'd the rest of the money go? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. You got it. Yeah. There is a movement going on around the world right now. Actually, it's not just even here. It's primarily in Europe. It's been going on in India, uh, Brazil. It's actually it's a phenomenon. Scholars called de-alignment, and it's just not something that was happening back in the Ross Perot 1992. This is something that's relatively recent over the last couple of decades. De-alignment involves the breakdown of the traditional bonds of loyalty that we used to have with our two-party system. So scholars have pointed out that, say, in Britain, for example, in the 1960s, one out of two Brits, 50 percent, felt very strongly aligned to one of their traditional parties, either the Tories or Labour. By 2015, that number dropped to basically 10 percent. I mean, so now nine out of 10 uh, British voters feel no loyalty or fidelity whatsoever to any of the two parties. It explains Nigel Farage's success in getting the Brexit referendum uh, passed. And when the Tories more or less tried to sabotage it, he started his own third party, the Brexit party, uh, with the European elections that were coming up in May of 2019. And when the party was just six weeks old, one in three Brits voted for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this, is, this is when they had seven different parties represented on the tickets sending them to these it's a it's a multi-representational system they have there in the european parliament so one in three thirty percent it was stunning the the tories were i don't even think they broke double digits they were humiliated so i think we are in a different phase right now where i think voters are so de-aligned from any kind of loyalties that they've had with the mm-hmm. traditional parties that there's probably never been a better time to actually just at least start really thinking about a third party because like you said if 85 percent of the republican parties uh, the republican voters were to defect and then you pick up another you make up that 15 percent with some disaffected uh, 
Democrats who could never vote for Republican, but they sure could vote for a Patriot Party. Uh, Republicans are, are gone and you'll have a new era in American politics. Well, yeah, at least at least, you know, what bugs me about my conservative friends in media tweeting out, stop pushing third party. It's a failure. It's a grift. Well, how about you at least stay quiet for about six weeks? How about we at least maybe instill a little fear in the Republican Party that we might actually I mean, have you never heard of anything called strategy? OK, you know, we women we women have been knowing how to play these kinds of games in the dating, you know, <laughs> that's, the right, that's right. You 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 uh, you control the neck. Right. You, you control which way the head turns. Well, that's right. Well, that's right. Well, you know, you know, I controlled I can I controlled the outcomes of many occasions when I laid out some rules where I said you didn't call me by Wednesday. You didn't get to be my suitor on a Friday night. Republican Party, if you don't if you don't do A, B and C, you're not going to get me to donate to any of your causes. You know, we need to stop. We need we can cut off the blood supply to the tumor, first of all, not give them another dime. Right. You know, right. That, there's many things that we can do. But to be tweeting out all day long that the third party is is doomed and we can't even entertain it is ridiculous to me. This, there's never been a better opportunity. And had look at look at the look how far Ross Perot went at a time yeah, yeah. in which we still yeah. had nobody really even understood at the point how bad the Bush family was. Right. You know, I right. could make the argument today and, and you know, and spend a whole show on how Bill Clinton actually ended up would have been actually ended up being better for us than uh, had 41 been reelected. Right, right. Um, but I don't want to go down that track. There's con- there's con- some confusion right now as to whether or not Trump supports a third party. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where are we at with that? Because his Stephen Miller dude texted somebody saying that this new party that filed papers, Trump's disavowing it, but he hasn't made a statement publicly. I think he's, didn't you say in your blog post that you think Trump's trying to, trying to keep both at, at, as an option? <laughs> Yeah, that was one assessment. The one assessment is he's keeping the Republicans guessing for the very reason that you just said, you know, let's just keep quiet for six weeks, kind of saying, yeah, he's trying to keep them guessing at least through February through through the trial, which we now know is dead on arrival. Uh, Forty five uh, Republicans have voted to throw out this whole impeachment sham as being unconstitutional. John John Roberts, the chief justice, who's mandated to to uh, to oversee the proceedings. He's not even going to be involved because he knows it. By definition, you can't impeach someone who can't be impeached. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you know, you're dealing with like, you know, married bachelors or something. You can't yeah. impeach a private citizen. So, yeah, I think he's just uh, I think he's holding his deck pretty close. If he does go third party, this the Republicans will probably be dead. It'll be over. Mm-hmm. We'll be looking at the last um, Republican class uh, of this uh, of this decade, shall we say. Uh, if he doesn't go third party, if he doesn't embrace the idea officially it's probably not it, you know the wind's out of the sails you're not if you don't have the dawn behind you it's right. going to be really hard uh, but but regardless uh, the idea that this is uh, a a fool's errand is simply contradicted by nation after nation in Europe right now mm-hmm. where third parties have replaced the major center right center left parties look at France the two major parties right now and Marshall uh, that's a Manuel Macron's party and a Marine Le Pen's national rally. They've replaced the socialists and the Republicans, respectively. Uh, you're seeing that uh, in Italy. You're mm-hmm. seeing that all over the place. These are parties that are barely 10 years old. They have 
replace the center-right, center-left globalist parties because people have frankly had it. They want a nationalist, populist, right party. Or in the case of, like, you know, the left, they want this populist left party, but they are sick and tired of the centrist right and centrist left political class. Well, you know, um, there's an old saying, uh, people who argue for their own limitations get to keep them. You know, if you're going to say a third party all day long, a third party can't work, can't work. Well, you know, you're 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 making that happen instead right. of and why would you why would you want to limit us as as a nation and limit this movement we finally have like an incredible opportunity here you know to literally take this country back from the establishment the swamp that right. is the uniparty system and you're feeding the monster every time you tweet that a third party can't happen when it absolutely can that's yeah. the kind you know it's one of my nicknames was the bulldog you know because they say when i sunk my teeth into a prospect i come from sales you know you couldn't shake me off i just right. you know, it's like I, I just don't understand if you're going to be that defeatist, then just stop tweeting, you know, go, go, you know, go feed your cat, go do something else, you know, get off the porch and let the adults have a conversation and let those, you know, let the do Trump's a doer, be a doer. Right. Don't be don't be a don't you know, it can't happen person, um, you know, um, thought anything final you want to share with us. And I know you've got your book Christendom out and I know that's a part of the the conservative uprising. The left oh, is doing, absolutely. yeah, the left is doing everything that they can and has been playing a long game for a long time as part of their Marxist movement to replace God with state. Right, right. Well, the, yeah, the good, uh, the good news is actually there is, so have we, we didn't even realize we were playing the long game and it's simply called a little something called fertility. <laughs> we, we've been having what scholars have noticed is that uh, conservative religionists, particularly conservative Christians here in the West, are having children and secular liberals really aren't. They've just, They've turned the family into a lifestyle value, and they, they value their individuality and independence, whereas Christians see children as a blessing, and they mm-hmm. see uh, children as, uh, as something that is a sacred you know, calling that's been placed upon them. So there's about a 30%, there's been a 30% fertility differential between, say, like evangelical women and secular liberal women. And what scholars have noticed is just that that 30% differential, if the uh, population were evenly divided, 50-50, secular liberal to conservative Christian, in just one generation, because of that 30% differential, it would become 60-40 in favor of the conservative Christian in two generations in 40 years, it'd be 75-25. And in uh, 10 generations, 200 years, 99-1. And we're finding that the more conservative the family is, actually the more the children retain that conservatism when they grow up into adulthood, uh, upwards of about 80%. And so we're seeing it happen all over the world. And again, in India with the rise of Hindu nationalism or in Israel with ultra-Orthodoxy and certainly in Eastern Europe, Western Europe, and increasing in the United States and Latin America, Christians are actually growing and secularists are shrinking solely on the basis of the fertility advantage. Give it enough time and we're going to see a very, very religiously conservative world. I love it. They're trying to, they're trying to you know, um, mess with the math you just laid out there by keeping us away from churches. But, you know, right. we still have our Bibles and we still have That's our Zoom right. and we can still watch uh, church services online right. and they, they can't take our faith from us. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Steve Turley. Y'all go to TurleyTalks.com, and I hope you come back real soon. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Thank you. All right, now y'all stay tuned. We got more to come up. 
888-344-1170. We're going to talk a little bit about H.R. 1, the For the People Act 2021. Don't go away. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. A-K, dynamite and address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Depending on what happens with this HR1 for the People Act, which actually was uh, first seen and bantered around D.C. back in 2019, which is going to make your blood boil because the Republican Party knew this was coming. They knew everything that was that was in place that went on in 2020 in advance and did nothing to stop it. I love how the Democrats uh, name these things. So they're the exactly oh, yeah. the opposite of what they stand for. Oh, yeah. For. The Affordable Care Act. You know, Obamacare. Was that affordable? No. Heck no. None of this is. Abor- you know, the, it, they're masters, actually, of word games. You know, abortion is not... Reproductive justice, you know, it's anyway. um, Yeah, they're masters at playing the word games and Republicans don't even, you know, again, it's another game that they're not even bothering to be in. Well, they tried to at one point when this was first floated, Mitch McConnell called it um, the Democrat Politician Protection Act. Is that as effective as the For the People Act? Is that as effective in playing against the Democrats? No. I don't think no, they would have called it that people wouldn't have even wanted to give it two, two looks. Exactly. Um, uh, Kevin uh, McCarthy referred to it at the time in 2019 that it's ma- quote massive federal government takeover that would undermine the integrity of our elections. What? That's about as weak sauce as it gets. That is that's mayonnaise. That's why I don't even like mayonnaise on any of my sandwiches. It ain't got any flavor, and it's just nasty, and it's just greasy. Dijon mustard, baby. It's all, it's all mayonnaise is is greasy. That's, that's what that McCarthy statement is. So what's in this HR1 that everybody knew was coming? Okay, let's get into some of the, some of the details on it. Um, first of all, and of course, playing the word games, the, the sponsor of it is a John Sarbanes from Maryland, co-sponsored by, of course, Nancy Pelosi and Zoe Lofgren of California. And uh, they're saying that they, they have to revive this because 2020 uh, made this legislation uh, necessary because American voters in 2020 were forced to overcome rampant voter suppression, gerrymandering and a torrent of special interest stark money just to exercise their vote and their voice in democracy. Of course, the opposite is true. Everything the Democrats accuse the Republicans of they're guilty of. Where's the Republicans bill? Where's the Republicans bill saying we that 2020 was an absolute disaster? Even if you absolutely don't believe that it affected the outcome of the election, it, it, it was an absolute disaster. An absolute disaster. And there and there they, um, the idea that the Republicans don't have to deal with election fraud that it's okay, basically what the Republicans' message is, before I get into the details here, is that fraud is okay to happen until it sways the outcome of an election, which in this case it absolutely did. And they're still not doing anything about it. They're still okay with with dead voters voting. They're still okay with, with Pennsylvania certifying an election with 200,000 more votes than registered voters in the state. Changing the rules blatantly. Yeah, yeah, all the different ways in which the election, the Republicans haven't introduced one piece of legislation. Here's what's in H.R. 1. Number one, Internet only registration with electronic signature submission. 
requires the availability of Internet for online registration. Each state acting through the secretary of state shall ensure that the following services are available to the public at any time on official public websites. Gee, what could go wrong with all registration being online? Uh, Number two, banning the requirement to provide a full social security number for voter registration. All you have to have now, I guess, is the last four digits. Well, how easy is that to get? Go to anybody's trash can, you'll find. You don't have to have a full. All anybody's got to do is guess the last four digits. This is a blatant uh, way to make illegals possible for illegals to vote. Nationwide motor voter registration. Okay. The Republican Party has saying that we that all the the elections must be handled at the state level and every secretary of state has an opportunity to and it's up to them to put whatever methods they want in. Uh, here we have the Democrat Party nationalizing all of our elections. Why, well, you know what? Where's the Republican Party? OK, if this is where we're at, where we're going to be nationalizing federal uh, centralizing and nationalizing our elections. Even if you think that the local elections, even if the Republican Party legitimately believed that per the Constitution, we can't you know, interfere with state and local elections for our federal elections, which the president of the United States, the Republican Party should be saying they should have already introduced the bill that says we need paper ballots only in light of what happened. No early voting. You must have ID and your registration must involve the full social security number that matches your name. Don't have it, don't vote. That's it. That's it. I go on. Um, so nation, nationwide motor voter registration. Let me remind you, in the state of California, they had already identified, I think it was like 300,000 illegals that were registered to vote through motor voter. 16-year-olds required to be registered to vote. Required to be registered to vote. Nationwide same-day registration. Now, every one of these is is it's always under the auspice of we've got to make it easy. And the easier it is, the more opportunity for fraud there is. I don't want my voice to be easily stolen from me. This isn't about for the people. This is about for the power of the Democrat Party. This is for the power of the elites over us. Uh, Number six, grants $25 million for using minors and election activities. So not only now are minors coming out of the state indoctrination centers called schools, not only are they going to be involved, now taxpayers are going to pay to have somebody's 11-year-old running around involved in elections. Seven, more children voters, acceptance of applications from individuals under 18 years of age. It prohibits any attempts to clean up voter rolls of non-residents. It's illegal under this act for anybody to try to remove an illegal immigrant. So if California had illegals, quote, accidentally, like they said, registering to vote under motor voter, now it would be illegal to remove them. Murderers and rapists can vote. Mandatory early voting. Much of the fraud that took place, and I know this from friends of mine who actually worked in, uh, on the election uh, at, at different um, places throughout the country. Was because of early voting. Early voting was a huge part of the problem. And there were many, and, and there was, I think, something like 20% of Biden voters said that they were they regretted their early vote because when, when um, the New York Post story came out about Hunter Biden. So we should never have early voting. We need to have election day. Not election months, election day. You can't vote on election day. You miss out. Uh, number 11, nationwide vote by mail 
a ban on, which includes this number 11, a ban on ballot protection measure measures, legalized limitless ballot harvesting. Permitting voters to designate other person to return their ballot. Number 12, banning voter ID. 13, road work for D.C. statehood and territory statehood. Make D.C. DC a state. Um, what's it like 99% hardcore liberals living in the D.C. area? 14, complete congressional takeover of the redistrict, redistricting. So they're going to centralize redistricting. Can't be done at the local level. I think I've hit the highlights here. So basically what this is, is this is making America a permanent Democrat state. This gets through and it's We're pretty done. close to toast time. We're done. We're done. I should go to this Republican Party tomorrow and say this is the only thing we really need to be talking about right now. Because there's no point in yammering about the fact that Pete Buttigieg wants to put in a vehicle mileage tax which is going to kill the the poor and the middle class here in California who drives, you know, I don't know anybody who drives less than 20 minutes to their work every day. Yeah, it's 20 miles for me. Yeah. Um, So you think about all the hard hats and the people that are driving, commuting in from Temecula because thanks to liberal policies, they can't afford to live here in San Diego, but they work here. I know I know people. My my brother commuted from Temecula for years, an hour and a half each way. This is going to kill people, the vehicle mileage tax. But my point is, what's the point of even even this is one reason why Joe Biden's signing all these executive orders and they're doing all this crazy stuff, because at this point, they know that if this gets passed, we're done. We are done. What's the point of yammering and complaint and, and, and discussing open borders or this and that? Marsha Blackburn patting herself on the back today, Mitch McConnell on the back that that's no longer going to be a filibuster. It's all show. It's all theater. It's like Trey Gowdy. I used to be so many conservatives get mad at me because I would bust Trey Gowdy. Man never did anything. He gave, oh, I just love that Trey Gowdy. Look, he's holding their feet to the fire. He didn't do nothing. Nobody's, nobody's been held accountable. It's all theater. He gave y'all some great sound bites. Lois Lerner, did, did, she, did she not only not go to jail for the crime she committed, she's out on a pension somewhere on a beach. Well, as you and I were talking about why the election fraud was so important, because now you'd, you, oh, don't worry, we'll get it in 2024. That's not going to be possible no. if this thing passes. Or even 2022. And and in the meantime, even you look at you look at the, what they're doing right now with the open borders and the flooding of people into this country. And then they're going to they're going to grant citizenship to the and people got to stop using this 11 million number. I've been hearing the 11 million illegals in this country number for 20 years. We are probably upwards of 30 to 40 million illegals in this country about to be made citizens. And we're about to have even more flooding in through the open borders that expanding the dependency class and even if it were a fair election how do you think they're going to vote yeah exactly they're going to they're going to vote according to the people that are going to they got them in well let them in they don't have they don't have any they don't uh, you you create the the conditions of dependency you bring in people that are already you bring in people who are already dependent don't speak the language don't don't have a high school education let alone a college education don't have any means to support themselves in this country then you destroy the economy with shutdowns you destroy the economy by by shutting down the Keystone pipeline banning fracking construction v- imp- imposing a vehicle mileage tax they're talking about raising the corporate tax to 28% you do, you destroy the economy in all these different ways with a with an expanding dependency class, who are they going to vote for? Who are these poor people going to vote for? They're going to vote for the people that keep telling them, "Don't worry about that thirty trillion in debt. Vote for us. We're gonna we're gonna hand you money. 
Yeah. So we, we got to have we, we got to we need Republicans now to be figuring out what they're we need to be. If you don't feel like you can support a third party, you want to stick with the Republican Party, then the Republican Party needs to be convincing us before they get another dime on what they're going to do specifically about this. They've known this was coming. This is why we get ang- even angry at Rudy Giuliani during the whole election thing. He would talk about, oh, Philly is so corrupt. We have a name for it, a joke for it. It ain't funny. This Republican Party has done nothing for decades to protect us against the theft of this country. And many of them, they're all sitting back. Many of them, by the way, I've been thinking about this. I'm thinking, why is it? Because they, they're either completely stupid the Marsha Blackburns, the rest of them, um, you know, or they thinking, gee, I'm 70. I'm going to ride out my pension. America, America crumbles after I'm gone. What I got to worry about. Selfish. We're going to take a break. We come back. A couple more things to get into. I hate to leave it on a negative note. We're going to try to we're going to try to get back to being positive on what we can do about this to keep our country alive. Stay tuned. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K A Y E. Andrea K, bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Don't mind me as I look at my, I'm window shopping food on Instagram. <laughs> I was just looking at some yummy fried cheese sticks. I have such low-brow taste in food. I'm still thinking about the potato logs you told me about before the show. <laughs> um, but I still try to eat healthy. I do take my balance in nature every day. I get 10 servings of 31 fruits and veggies. I've started splitting it up after I heard a commercial about it. So I've been taking my fruit pills in the morning, my veggie pills in the afternoon. I feel better than ever. It doesn't mean that you're never going to get sick, never going to have a head cold. I had an allergy attack last night. But what we've learned is that there's a reason why your mother always told you to eat your veggies right because it makes you healthier and you're more able to fight off viruses so and feel better so i'm glad i started taking it a year ago go to balancingnature.com use the discount code health get free shipping right now and 35 percent off on preferred orders and they have health coaches by the way so to help you come up with what you need to do i want to end on this and i i don't know if it's I wanted it on something positive. It kind of tugs at my heart a little bit. It's a statement from Rush Limbaugh, but it's positive about President Trump and who fought for us. And as we think about, hopefully I've got enough time to read it all before we end. If not, I'll finish it tomorrow. But um, President Trump has fought so hard for us, so I'm not going to give up fighting for this country. He says from Rush Limbaugh, my days on earth are numbered, but before I fade away, there's something important I need to say. It may not be important to anyone else, but it's important to me. Win, lose, or fraud. President Trump, I just want to say thank you for the last four years. Thank you for making it cool to be an American again. Thank you for showing us that we don't need to be under China's thumb anymore economically or any other way. Thank you for one of the strongest economies we've ever experienced in my lifetime. Thank you for all you have done for the minority communities and the outstanding decrease in the unemployment rate you had. Thank you for making it feel good to love our country and to be a proud patriot again. Thank you for supporting our nation's flag and our nation's military and those who fight for freedom. I'm going to finish reading it tomorrow. It's a little bit longer than I thought. Um, Most of all, he says, thank you for taking a rotten damn job that you never had to take. I'll read more tomorrow. Love you all. Peace out.